Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of Genesis as we continue our study. Now we've, we've moved along and we're going to look at the dreamer today and uh, this, uh, this message or the personality Joseph, Joseph, one of the sons of, of Jacob, approximately 13 to 14 chapters are given to Joseph in the book of Genesis. And so, 
He is a, an example. We wish that all of our, our sons and uh, also that we ourselves could uh, live a life of integrity and leadership and wisdom and giftedness like this young man, Joseph. But he, uh, he went through some very, very, very difficult circumstances in his life. But as always, God proved himself to be faithful. And so today's message is really an introduction because we'll look at, at these uh, last few verses and uh, last few chapters in the book of Genesis at the life of Joseph and how God used Joseph to provide for Israel that is Joseph's father whose name was Jacob and changed to Israel and Joseph's brothers and the rest of the family of, of Israel and so turn to Genesis chapter 37 in your Bibles today and let's go to the Lord in prayer please our Father in God we thank you for your holy word which teaches us teaches us about you your nature and the true purpose of life to worship and glorify you Father we we thank you for the tremendous privilege of being your children of knowing you and Lord we thank you for the life of Joseph Help us, Lord, to, to learn, to understand, and to, to see the various circumstances that he went through, the suffering that he went through, and to then apply those truths into our own lives, that we might bring honor to you, and that we might be used by you to benefit the lives of other people with the hope and with the desire that they would come to know you that they would come to discover your great love that they would come to know salvation and the blessed hope that lies within each one of us who know you so, Lord, thank you again for your holy word. Speak to us now, O Lord, be our teacher through God the Holy Spirit to the honor and to the glory of the Lord Jesus and to the strengthening and inspiring of your people. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Genesis chapter 37 and beginning at verse 1. And let me get my, my specs on here so that I can read this fine print. Mm -hmm. 
Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age. Also he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, Please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheep arose, and also stood upright. And indeed your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheep. And his brother said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed still another dream, and told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you've dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Then his brothers went to feed their flocks, or feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers feeding the flock in Shechem? Come, and I will send you to them. So he said to him, Here I am. And he said to him, Please go and see if it is well with your brothers and well with the flocks, and bring back word to me. So he sent him out of the valley of Hebron, and he went to Shechem. Now a certain man found him, and there he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, What are you seeking? So he said, I am seeking my brothers. Please tell me where they are feeding their flocks. And the man said, They have departed from here, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. Now when they saw him afar off, even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. <clears throat> then they said to one another, Look, this dreamer is coming. Come therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pit, and we shall say some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dreams. But Reuben, the firstborn, heard it and delivered him out of their hands and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said to them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit, which is in the wilderness. And do not lay a hand on him, that he might deliver him out of their hands and bring him back to his father. So it came to pass, when Joseph had come to his brothers, that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the tunic of many colors that was on him. Then they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty. There was no water in it. And they sat down to eat a meal. Then they lifted their eyes and looked, and there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing spices, balm, and myrrh on their way to carry them down to Egypt. So Judah said to his brothers, What profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. And his brothers listened. Then the Midianite traders passed by, so the brothers pulled Joseph up 
and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. Then Reuben returned to the pit, and indeed Joseph was not in the pit. And he tore his clothes, and he returned to his brothers and said, The lad is no more, and I, where shall I go? So they took Joseph's tunic, killed a kid of the goats, and dipped the tunic in the blood. Then they sent the tunic of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, We have found this. Do you know whether it is your son's tunic or not? And he recognized it and said, It is my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. Without a doubt, Joseph is torn in pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put sackcloth on his waist, and mourned for his son many days. And all his sons and all his daughters arose to comfort him. But he refused to be comforted and said, For I shall go down into the grave to my son in mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Now the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and captain of the guard. Well, our first point, family troubles continue. Pardon me. There's so much to learn here from the life of, of Joseph, but also, of course, from the life of Israel, or Jacob, his, his father. You'll recall last week and the last couple of weeks, we looked at Jacob and Esau and how that Jacob had deceived his father, Isaac, to steal his brother's blessing, even though the blessing of God had already been promised upon Jacob. Now, what do we know from this passage or what do we learn about Joseph? He was a shepherd. He was a shepherd. Very important. You see, because as a shepherd, he would learn how to care for sheep. You'll recall that when Moses ran away from Egypt and went into the land of the Midianites, there in the land of Midian, he learned to be a shepherd. He had been raised in the, in the palace of Pharaoh. He had learned how to be a leader, how to be a military leader, how to supervise the building of cities and all of that. But for God's leaders, they must learn to be shepherds. And like Moses, Joseph was a shepherd. He learned how to care for sheep. But, and, and there are various views on this. He, he sold out his brothers, all right? He, uh, have, have you ever had a tattletale? <laughs> you know, some kids are, they like to tattle, don't they? All right, in school especially, you know, those kids that like to tell on the other kids and get them into trouble. Well, Joseph was kind of like that. Now, there are some who say, well, he was, he was faithful to his father. And so he was, he was faithful to his father to the point that he would sell out his brothers which, of course, they didn't appreciate. And then we read here that Joseph favored, or rather, that uh, Jacob favored Joseph. Now, we can be somewhat harsh in our judgment of, of Jacob, but you'll recall that 
Joseph was the firstborn son of Rachel, the wife that Jacob loved. You see, Jacob was forced to leave home because Esau, his brother, had threatened to kill him. And so he went to live with Laban, his mother's brother. And Laban had two daughters, Rachel and Leah. And, and Jacob loved Rachel and wanted to marry her. And he, he even volunteered to work for seven years if Laban would give him Rachel as his wife. And Laban agreed. But after the seven years, Laban tricked him and gave him Leah. And so what did Jacob do? Well, he complained, of course. But then Laban said, if you work another seven years for me, I'll give you Rachel. And so he worked another seven years. He worked 14 years for Rachel. He loved her, but she was barren. And so they were married for many, many years. But eventually, eventually, she gave birth to Joseph. And so he, he loved Joseph. But favoritism has consequences. And one of those consequences was Joseph's brothers knew that their father cared for him more than the rest of the kids. And so they hated him. That's a strong word. And how sad. They hated their brother. Well, if that wasn't bad enough, then of course Joseph was also blessed by God. He was blessed by God, and God spoke to Joseph through dreams. And then of course he didn't keep the dreams to himself. He shared those dreams with his brothers. He shared the first dream about the stalks out there. Uh, they're out in the field, and of course, their stalks bow down to his, symbolizing his 11 brothers bowing down to him. And what does the scripture say? After he told them that dream, they hated him even more. Their hatred intensified. Then he said, well, I've had another dream. <laughs> but this time, not just you guys, but you know, mom and dad too. They're all bowing down. And he shares that with his, with his brothers and with his father. And his father rebuked him. And he said, is it that your mother and I and your brothers are going to bow down to you? Now the scripture does go on to say that his brothers envied him. They envied him. But his father kept the matter in mind. You see, remember that Rachel was the wife that Jacob loved. And in a very real sense, Joseph was the firstborn. He was the firstborn of Rachel. You see? And he was the chosen one. Now, God chooses people and uses people in different ways. 
And instead of envying, and instead of being jealous, we are to discover how God has gifted us and where and how God wants to use us so that we complement one another and not work against each other. And so his brothers are out taking care of the flock and Jacob says to Joseph, go and check on your brothers. <laughs> because he knew that if something was wrong, Joseph would come and tell him. <laughs> so he sends, he sends Joseph to go check on his brothers. And they see him coming. They see him coming afar off. And what do they do? Their hatred for Joseph was so intense that they actually plotted to kill him. Can you imagine that? Now isn't it, isn't it sad when you go all the way back to Adam and Eve? You go all the way back to Adam and Eve, and what's the result of Adam and Eve's sin? You have Cain and Abel. And what do you find there with Cain and Abel? You find that Cain is jealous or envious of his brother. And what does he do? He murders his brother Abel. That's the true first family. That gives you an indication of the condition of the human heart. You see, the psychologist wants you to believe that, oh, all humans are basically good. That is not what the Bible says. The Bible teaches that all people are sinners. Sinners. Yes, we have some good qualities because we're created in the image of God. But make no mistake about it, there is an evil side to us as well. And we, we don't like to admit that. That's why we need a Savior. And that is why Jesus came. The Bible teaches that we have a propensity or a, a bent toward sin. And in our lesson this morning, like the people there building the Tower of Babel to, to reach heaven, they wanted to make a name for themselves. And you hear that a lot these days. To make a name for oneself. Self-centeredness, arrogance, pride. Well, his brothers plotted to kill him. And he was fortunate in that his eldest brother, Reuben, said, no, don't kill him, but put him in the pit. And his, his goal was to come back later and, and rescue him. But lo and behold, while he was gone, his brothers sold him to the Ishmaelites, and they took him down to Egypt. And then they take his coat. Now notice when he comes along, what's the first thing they do? They take off that fancy coat of many colors. Because you see, that, that symbolized his favoritism. It symbolized his position. Because really, with that, with that coat of many colors, he was elevated 
above the rest of the family. And so what did they do? They ripped that coat off of him, knocking him down off of his pedestal. And they threw him in a pit. And we read later in the book of Genesis how that when he was in that pit, they go and have a meal. We read that here. But while they're eating, he's in there crying out to them to take him out of the pit. He's crying and, and, and asking for help. And what do they do? They're eating. Now, these are believers in God. These are people who, who believe in God. They know God. And this is what they do to their brother. Because their father has shown him favoritism. And then, if that wasn't bad enough, they sell him. Of course, they sell him into slavery. And then they take that coat, they, they kill a goat, and they take the blood from the goat and put it on, the, on this uh, tunic. And then they go back to their father. And what do they do? They tell their father, you know, they, they, they go through this whole scene where they deceive him and say, is, is, this, is this your son's tooth? Heartless. Heartless. They know how much he loves Joseph. And they take back this tunic and they say, is, does this belong to your, to your son? And can you imagine the pain that Jacob felt when he saw and when he held that tunic? And the idea that his son had been torn to pieces by some wild animal and had been carried off and eaten. And, and, and picture his sons who know that that's not the case they're deceiving their father and they're standing there and he's weeping can you imagine he must have groaned and moaned with, with sorrow and pain and they're standing there and don't have the heart to confess what they did now you'll recall that jo uh, Jacob deceived his father Isaac with the skin, the hide, and the meat of a goat. And here, Jacob is now deceived by his own sons, by the blood of a goat. The scripture says, be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Be sure your sin will find you out. Now God is merciful. God is extremely merciful. But he teaches us these lessons to teach us to keep us from bringing heartache and misery and failure and pain into our lives. Jacob's favoritism of Joseph resulted in a family filled with pain and misery and deceit 
and dishonesty and brokenheartedness. We see this all the way through from the, the beginnings in the book of Genesis all the way down to right here and we see it all the way through. And you have may, may have seen it in your own lives and in your own families. Jacob is deceived and he weeps and weeps and weeps for Joseph. And do you know that when, when his mother Rebecca sent him off, when she sent Jacob off to stay with her, her brother Laban, that he was there for over 20 years? Over 20 years. Do you know how long it was before Jacob discovered that Joseph, his son, was actually still alive? About 22 years. But I don't want to get ahead of myself and, and uh, give you all the, the wonderful lessons that come from the story. But what do we learn from these passages here? Favoritism often results in tragic consequences. Tragic consequences. One child taking the other child's life, or in some cases, the child taking their own life. And favoritism doesn't just happen in, in families. It happens out there in the workplace. It happens out, out in life. People are, are treated or mistreated. And eventually, they become so angry that they then give in to violence. Pride causes spiritual blindness. You see, Joseph's brothers were, were filled with pride. They couldn't stand the fact that their brother was being favored. They should have been patient and forgiving of their father and they should have loved their brother. But they chose to be filled with anger and hatred, and they allowed that, that hatred to grow. You see, there's always somebody who is smarter. There's always somebody who is more talented. There's always somebody who is more successful. You name it. And that's okay. Because only God has all the answers. And we've been preaching that on Sunday night out of the book of Daniel. God has all the answers. He's the only one who does. But we don't. However, we know the one who has all the answers. Amen? We know the Lord. Pride causes spiritual blindness. His brothers were spiritually blind. And even Jacob himself was spiritually blind to the fact that God was revealing to them what was going to happen in the future through the life of Joseph. How God was going to use this boy. How he was going to use this young man to provide for Israel and his family. Now, poorly managed emotions result in irrational behavior. You see, we, 
we all have emotions. But we also have the responsibility for managing those emotions. Surrendering, really, those emotions to the, the guidance and the leadership and the lordship of God the Holy Spirit in our lives. There are all kinds of things that we feel. But if we were to do everything that we felt we ought to do, we would all be in jail, probably. <laughs> and some of us might not even be here. That's the truth of it. Like the people who say, well, I was, I was born this way. Yes, we were all born that way. We were all born with a sinful nature. That's what the Bible teaches. So in that, they're telling the truth. Yes, you were born that way. But this right here tells us what is right and what is wrong. And we are to live according to what it says. Because what it says is what God says, and that is how we are to live. And the choices that we make, we are responsible for those choices. We may feel a certain way. But if that way that we feel is inconsistent with God's word, guess who's wrong? We are wrong. God is always right. And in this society that we live in these days, they want nothing to do with the truth of God's holy word. And why not? Because their view of life and what is right and wrong contradicts or is inconsistent with what God's word teaches. And they're filled with pride, and because they're filled with pride, they are spiritually blind. But you can't expect anything less from a non-believer, but from a believer in God's church. Do you know that there is so much envy and jealousy and even hatred in the church among God's people? There are people who, when they see someone succeed, they're so jealous of them. And they, they actually desire for that person to fail. Notice that his brother said, well, let's kill him, and we'll, then we'll see what will become of those dreams. Hmm. Sin robs people of the joy of life. You know, there's only one thing that can truly rob a Christian of the true joy of knowing the Lord, and that's sin. Sin robs the Christian of joy. And of course, when uh, a, a dear family member, a friend, uh, passes from this life and goes into the next, we go through through sorrow and the, and the grieving process, but yet God in his, in his miraculous way can still fill us with joy that comes from knowing him and the truth that this life is not all there is. There's life beyond this life. And that loved one, if they knew the Lord, is more alive than ever before. But sin robs people of the joy of life. But hope is found in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? 
there upon the cross reconciling humanity to God, the Father. And God wants families to be reconciled. God's desire for families is that families be, as it were, little heavens on earth. Not a place of turmoil and fussing and, and arguing and, and all of that and commotion and finger pointing and, and you know all that goes on in so many families. God wants his children to live at peace one with the other. Forgiveness, acceptance, recognition of, of various abilities and gifts that God has given complementing one another, working for the benefit of one another to the glory and to the honor of God. And that's how God's church is supposed to work. Various people who, who are given various gifts for the purpose of working together to strengthen God's, God's church and to benefit the kingdom of God. You know, it's so sad when because, you know, the media, they love, they love it, boy, when something goes wrong in a church or some, some Christian leader, you know, gets into, uh, into sin. Boy, they love to just plaster that across the news. Unaware that they're being used of the devil. And they may, they may know that and don't care. And they like to talk about you know, their standard, what they consider to be their standard. And boy, don't they like to criticize the Christians. The Bible says that the devil is the accuser of the brethren. And he accuses them day and night. Sin robbed a person of the joy of life but hope is found in Jesus. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Do you have a personal relationship with him? Have you given your heart, your life to him? Have you accepted him as the Lord of your life? If you haven't, in a moment, we're going to sing a hymn of invitation. And that invitation is an opportunity for you to ask Christ to come into your heart, into your life. Now, that word Christ is the English translation of the Greek word Christos, which is a translation of the Hebrew word Mashiach. In English, we say Messiah. Look around. God's word said that the day would come when he would bring back his people from the four corners of the earth to the land of Israel. That it would occur in the latter day. And they are there. They are there. They haven't been recognized as a sovereign nation since A.D. 70, when Jerusalem was destroyed by the Romans. In the book of Ezekiel, he tells Ezekiel that in the latter day I will draw them back. 
but also in the latter day, the nations of the world will gather against Israel. And we see that happening today. And Christians need to wake up and recognize the time in which we live. People ask, they say, well, what's the evidence? The evidence is right there. Buy a ticket, an airplane ticket, fly over there, and what will you see? You will see Israel, the land of Israel. And you'll also see the ruins, the ruins of the temples and the various locations that are listed here in the scripture. They're there. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Have you given your heart and your life to Him? The day is coming, and it will come. Jesus will return. Will He return as your Savior or as your judge? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you. Again, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your holy word, and we pray that as your children, we will faithfully serve you and share your love with others. We pray for those who are struggling, those who need to make a decision. We pray that they will make that decision now to receive Jesus as their Savior, to come to know the forgiveness of sin and the joy of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand, please. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation, Jesus I Come. We pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word. And we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.